0: built nearly four million vehicles in this country last year. Today, they are making exactly zero, because fear of the coronavirus has forced them to close their factories. While they're no longer making cars, both automakers are bringing back laid-off workers to help manufacture ventilators and personal protective equipment.
1: It went from a discussion to production in less than three weeks. Which is very impressive. That's from sixty minutes last night. But uh, man, the fact that the two two of the biggest car manufacturers on the planet are not making any cars is really uh, really troubling to me.
2: Boy, if you do make a living, you're still making a living right now. It's a hell of a good time to buy a car. They're offering insane incentives. Just as an aside, hey, here's another aside. And if you are in the medical profession. You're knowledgeable on these things. Uh, perhaps you would email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mm, Hello. It, you can't sort of say a website. you got to get it exactly right, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Or you can text us, 415-295-KFTC. Here's the question. Do we actually need all those ventilators?
1: I, that's the first thing I thought. Virtually everyone still in America has many, many, many multiples more than they need. You're still making ventilators? I thought we'd all figured out a couple of weeks ago that ventilators are not a problem.
2: And then most of the folks who get on them go to meet the Lord anyway. Did
1: anybody decide to call Ford or GM and say, hey, we? I know we told you to ramp up and make ventilators, but we really don't need them. We
2: got a lot of them. And uh, not, we've got a tenth of the patients we thought we'd have. See, that's the problem. I'm worried once the behemoth of government gets up and running, it it doesn't want to change course because that would involve admitting fault or mistakes.
1: That and the taxpayers paying for gazillions of ventilators, which is keeping the employees doing something and getting paid. Right. But we're going to end up with giant warehouses full of ventilators that never get used.
2: Well, and if you're spending somebody else's money, you're not terribly concerned if you're wasting it.
1: There is going to be so much of that come out of this story. My favorite story of all time was the one that came out of Hurricane Katrina when they desperately needed to ice for some reason, and there ended up for ice tea. It's ended, right in the name. <laughs> there ended up being giant trucks hauling ice crisscrossing the United States for some reason. It's a long, complicated story. It's just one of those weird government bureaucracy things. Or, or I remember out of Katrina where you had people living in tents. On one side of the road and on the other side of the road were empty trailers the taxpayer had paid for.
2: Hundreds of them, but some bureaucrat wouldn't have checked the box for safety or whatever.
1: Yeah. And they're going to be they're going to be the, that times a million coming out of this thing. Yeah, oh for years to come. As far as the economy, I'm looking at this piece in Bloomberg that details how social distancing has decimated the cut flower industry. They're talking about the tentacles of this whole economic shutdown thing. And it's just it's just never ending flowers, weddings, all your other celebratory occasions are on hold. So fl- and flowers are incredibly perishable. They're about as perishable as anything that exists. So it looks at uh, the miracle of modern capitalism, which is flowers being grown and cut in Africa, whisk away to be auctioned off in Amsterdam and hustled off to arrive to you. Dewey fresh in your supermarket, but all of that has been interrupted. So every step of that in the world, all those jobs, all that transportation, all the taxes, all, all the revenue, all the wow. all of that has been interrupted with just, you know, tentacles going all so many different directions. And just the flower industry. That's how you end up with a world depression. All these different things that reach so
2: many people. And to hearken back to our discussion of a few minutes ago. We should be cautious and smart about uh, the Chinese bat death. On the other hand, we can't be so terrified that we overlook the things you were just talking about. The chairman of Tyson Foods warned yesterday that the food supply chain is breaking. He said millions of pounds of meat will fail to reach stores and there will be a limited supply of our products available in grocery stores. Meanwhile, as we highlighted, a number of uh, farmers have been emailing the show saying, guys, we're about at the point where we have to shut down. And if we shut down, it's going to be two to three years until we're fully ramped up again, if we can find the money somewhere. And we're not sure we can. And there are now folks actually saying the American food supply is threatened. So with all due respect to terrified doctors in Brooklyn who are saying, no, you can't loosen up. You don't understand. We actually do understand a lot of us, but we have to find ways to let the economy function or the, uh, you know, the effects are going to be a lot
1: worse. So during the Great Depression, uh the FDR administration tried to run the economy uh, centralized and there were all kinds of problems and they ended up slaughtering tons of animals and burning crops and all different sort of stuff while people were starving but if we had that sort of situation now so because back then people ate so much just like fresh stuff right meat vegetables fruits now right. we eat crap <laughs> crap in boxes that w- in cans that will keep for decades uh, shouldn't we be able to figure that out pretty quickly I mean since we're willing to eat crap <laughs> yeah I mean that just have to be endless supplies of Oreos and (laughs) Triscuits and Hot Pockets pockets and just stuff in boxes and cans and bags. Right. There are a
2: number of reasons. We're way, way ahead of the Great Depression. Yes. Number one, just food that lasts forever. Preservatives, refrigeration, transportation. How many
1: warehouses full of every kind of Dorito and potato chip exist various places? You know what I'm really wild about these days is the pretzel chips. The break, the baked pretzel chips? Well, you said it like you are having
0: oh sex God. with
1: someone.
2: Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, we get to a certain point in the afternoon around here, and somebody or other suggests perhaps it's time for a cocktail. And uh, the Parmesan garlic, or what are they? Pretzel chips with an old-fashioned is about the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and I can't figure out why I'm not losing weight.
1: <laughs> you know, hey, uh, speaking of health and stuff, I've stretched four days in a row. I feel good like a man. new. I feel like a new man. I may have a new thing for the rest of my life, stretching. Wow, fabulous! It's one of those things I've been swearing I was going to do for a long time. I hope I can keep it up. Makes I've been difference. doing
2: it more myself. Yeah, I'm feeling good, and plus, you know, I've been working uh, on. Yeah, I'm only five months now post uh, joint replacement and getting stronger and more flexible, and it's fun. It's good. Can you put your feet behind
1: your head yet? Good lord, that's your goal, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, the really, <laughs> really advanced yoga stuff. I exactly. That. I, mean, I want to be like one of those 100-pound girls in Cirque du Soleil by the time I'm done. I love that sound effect. So I need to tell you when we come back about Carol Baskin. But I want to hit you with this email. We featured it hours ago on the show from Tom. <clears throat> and people are well-meaning. I'm not being harsh, sarcastic, Joe, here. I'm just sending a message to our friends. Tom writes, please, enough with the sugary, we're all in this together commercials. What I wouldn't give for a Ford commercial with a beefy F-150 towing a bass boat, then a macho ED commercial, followed by the Carl's Jr. large-breasted blonde 20-something suggestively taking a huge bite of a burger, watching the sauce slowly drip down. Damn, I'm hungry. Yeah, exactly. I think the time for celebrities saying, we're all going through this together, and commercials saying, "During these difficult times, don't you feel like we're all kind of past that?" I'm We hoping... know it sucks. It's bad. We're kind of pissed off. We're tired. We're afraid about our bills. All right, let's
1: come on. Among permanent things that happen out of this, if if there's some sort of something broke between society and celebrities during this, that'd be all right with me.
2: Oh, yes, please, yes, please. Except for one celebrity. Carol Baskin! <laughs> her missing ex husband's lawyer has finally come out and
1: says what he thinks happened. Gotta admit, I'm staying tuned for this. Does he mention the snacking tigers? Phantom 2 are tigers. They snack it. I do want to hear this. Stay tuned.
2: Armstrong and Strong and Getty show.
1: Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they stack him. What's happening, Carol Baskin? <laughs> Political condoms. Vote for me, or you need this because you're screwed. The phenomenon that uh. was Tiger King, like a month or so ago. It was so
2: wonderful and then we had enough so quickly. <laughs> yeah. They put out that extra episode and, and you know, I can only speak for myself, my delightful bride and sweet daughter. We all said nah, I've had plenty. <laughs> we we talked about maybe watching it, but meh. Nah, nah. The lawyer for Carol Carol Baskin's missing ex husband claims he was strangled and then thrown out of a low flying plane over the Gulf of Mexico.
1: By who? For what reason?
2: Well, he uh, vanished in 1997, leaving a reported fortune of $5 million to Carol Baskin. He was later declared legally dead, but his body never found. Joseph Fritz, who you may remember, was Lewis' attorney. Um, he says, well, what I heard was that he was strangled from the backseat of an airplane over the Gulf of Mexico at 50 feet and dropped, over the, dropped out over the Gulf.
1: But he was flying back and forth to South America and had girlfriends down there. And, and he was the sort of guy that picked up runaways alongside the road in the middle of the night when he was drunk with a gun. I mean, so he, he had... I mean,
2: well, he, and he, he flew low because he'd lost his pilot's license, but he kept flying.
1: Yeah, he, he, well, yeah. so the point is, he got involved in a lot of different things. It doesn't just have to be his wife killing him, although she's what? a nut job.
2: What's his wife's name again? <laughs>
1: Carol (laughs) Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. happen. (laughs) Fit him, the tigers, they
2: stack him. Oh, let's see. Fritz, that's the lawyer, says, In my view, there's no question that he was murdered. As we say in the South, DRT, dead right there. What? I didn't know people said that in the South. DRT, dead right there, boy. Fritz believes Lewis was coaxed to a private county airport, lured by a deal to purchase an aircraft, and was murdered. Mm. <clears throat> Don Lewis, he was terribly cheap. Well, he was wealthy. He was very wealthy. He was cheap beyond belief. What would have lured him more than anything else is a good deal on an airplane. So that's what I think happened. He got lured up to pilot country estates to look at the airplane. Um Precisely who killed him and why, um, he's not sure. Um But he's... um he says he loved those cats. He never would have just walked away from them ever. He was proud of those cats. He loved his cats.
1: Uh, some force made him leave. All right. All right. She fed him to tigers. They snack him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carol Baskin. So there's a presidential election going on. You thought it was wide open before all this started? No flipping telling what's going to be on people's minds. Or how we're going to be voting come November 3rd of 2020. No idea. No
2: No. No idea. It sounds like 100 years from now.
1: Yeah. A lifetime from now because of the situation we're in. But we mentioned this last week and and found it amusing that uh, it being an all-white ticket as um, it started to emerge that Joe Biden was thinking of maybe Amy Klobuchar. Or that Hogan guy from... Hogan? He's the governor of...
2: Nah, but he said it's going to be a girl. It's
1: going oh, to right. yeah, be, be a woman. That's right. Yeah, he said it's
0: going to be a woman. Could be Gretchen
1: so, Whitmer from Michigan. So it could be Whitmer or it could be Klobuchar. But anyway, people were talking about various other white people. And so an all-white ticket, oh, I don't know about that. And polls showed that uh, Democrats don't really think an all-white ticket's a good idea. Well, they ask actual non-white people, and non-white people don't seem to be near as concerned. Well, you break down these numbers even further, and it's even more hilarious. Right. So the concern about an all-white ticket... 28% of black people are bothered by an all white ticket. 30% of Hispanics. I would think so our people. black friends are kind of used to them. <laughs> it's pretty condescending then as a white person I think to say, "Yeah, but you probably should be bothered." Isn't that what you're saying if you're white and you're bothered by it? I mean unless I don't know. But anyway, so you break it down. Uh, Overall, well, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is, but like
2: cowboys in in Texas, their thing is being tough. And self-reliant. Well, college-educated suburban white women, their thing is being enlightened and sensitive.
1: So, twenty-eight percent of black people are bothered by the all-white ticket. All-white ticket, not all-white. All-white. <laughs> An uh, all-white. Yeah, not good. Twenty-eight percent of black people. Fifty-eight percent of postgraduate Democrats. <laughs> so you make a thirty percent jump, even <sighs> in- include postgraduates. But it gets better. White college educated under 50, 64%. And then the biggest number, white college educated women under 50, 69%. Wow. So a full 41 points higher. 41% higher for white college educated women under 50 than black people as a whole. Worried that's about an all white So ticket.
2: beautiful. Oh and my really gosh. That's the stat of the day. I love that. So the rest of America black white hispanic asian we're all looking at each other saying i'm just for the most qualified person and somebody with great policies what about you the black guy looks at the asian guy the asian guy says that's fine with me hey hispanic woman what do you think you'd just rather have like good leadership with these programs, makes like and my she's life like better uh, that sounds terrific to me, but you hyper-educated, hypersensitive—look how enlightened I am. <laughs> College-educated suburban white women are right. like, oh no, that would be utterly unacceptable because I know the the patriarchy plus the white supremacy is the legacy of something or other, and y'all congratulate each other. Meanwhile, the rest of us are saying, "Why don't y'all just lighten up?" That's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. People of all sorts of races and ethnicities are coming together agreeing that college-educated, ed, college middle-aged white women tend to be fairly annoying. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Love it. Guy um, just over the border from Mexico looking at an Asian college professor and saying, it's about the policies for me. How about you? Yeah, me too.
1: So, Trump took a pretty good beating in the media last week over the whole, um uh what if you got the disinfectant in you or whatever, and then they stretched that oh, into the Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Oh, God,
2: it's been an hour. Mm. Mm. Oh, boy, you got to drink that bleach fast, because it burns on the way down.
1: <laughs> so, how fairly, Ardenfell, do you think <clears throat> that was handled? I thought it was a pretty good point by Howard Kurtz on his show Media Buzz yesterday, that Joe Biden suggesting... That Donald Trump is going to find a way to delay the election or postpone the election, getting no pushback. In right. mainstream media. When Trump makes those sorts of claims without proof, Brian Williams is always saying. Without evidence. Together, without any evidence to back it up, Donald Trump claimed. But nobody, nobody said that about Joe Biden making this. It was just, this is how, this is how dangerous a situation we're in. The current vice president, or the former vice president is actually worried about this. So the fact that he's worried about it is just good enough.
2: That is the stuff that comes out of a, the south end of a north going horse.
1: He just made you. something up, and it's taken as a serious concern. Well, Stop it. N- Nothing to back up that belief whatsoever. Well, and even Trump has gone ahead and dignified it with, no, we're going to
2: vote on the third like we're supposed to. That's crazy. <laughs> so phony.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. So I just realized we got a whole bunch of audio clips we haven't played yet, so we're going to do the very lazy thing and play them for you.
2: It's not lazy, it's just it's fun. What if it's it's, entertaining? What if it's
1: lazy and
2: entertaining? If it happens to also be low effort. Uh, Who am I to, I'm not, you know, I'm not so self-conscious that I'm going to avoid the uh, easy path.
1: That's just the icing on the cake, which oddly enough is my least favorite part of the cake. Interestingly, I'm an icing man. I love icing. You prefer the icing. Last night. uh, Well, I'm not sure I'd say that, but if it's not there, I miss it bitterly. So I got a cake on Saturday, Uh, went and bought a cake, no Friday. And uh, so Henry and I are having some cake and he prefers the cake, not the frosting. And then Sam was having the cake and he just eats the frosting first and then. He'll eat the cake if he's still hungry. Hmm. God, it's I a just, Jack
2: Spratt situation. I find there.
1: frosting just disgusting.
2: Oh, it's so yummy. Oh, oh delicious. Mm, just bowls full. You,
1: you'll eat just a, a spoonful of frosting.
2: Oh, so good. Yeah, <laughs> you child. Savor it. it well, it's like uh, it's like cookie dough. It's a similar pleasure to mm. me. So uh, listen, we're going to play you this Illinois health official and then uh, comment on it, because there is a big giant lie going around the country that we want to address, hit number one, would you?
1: Injecting, ingesting, snorting household cleaners is dangerous. It is not advised and can be deadly. In the past two days, there's been a significant increase in calls to the Illinois Poison Center compared to this same time last year associated with exposures to cleaning agents.
2: So, after the President did his weird, rambling disinfectants and ultraviolet light thing, which was not one of his better moments, and everybody knows it, what he was driving at, nobody's quite sure I have an idea, but you see, was... but
1: he never said the words, "Try injecting life. <laughs> Or drinking bleach. Uh,
2: right, exactly. So this fiction emerged, and you saw it probably a dozen times over the weekend, if you're a news junkie like we are, that there was a steep rise in calls this March over last March, thanks to the stupid president telling people to jab needles <laughs> full of lice right into their eyeballs. Well, folks, here's the problem. Comparing last year over this year, can you think of something that changed from last year to this year that might have to do with disinfectants and cleaning products that might have led people to do a hell of a lot more of it in their homes? Well, if you guessed Chairman Xi's Chinese bat death, you're right. So it's, it's completely ridiculous. A lot of the statistics that were being um, cited in the left-stream media were from before the president even said that stuff, because he said it in late April. So, God, that just shows you how willing people are to lie in politics.
1: Which I thought this sort of looking for a way to beat up Trump thing would go away during the biggest crisis of our lifetimes, but it is not.
2: Well, yeah, there's plenty of legitimate stuff if you want to gripe about the administration's response and their policies. You don't have to make stuff up.
1: Or how about we focus on the economy? Beat him up on the economy if you want to and talk about that situation. It's not getting near enough attention. And by the way, the White House did cancel the uh, press conference for today, and they didn't do one yesterday. Is that right? They haven't done one since Friday. Is that correct? And that one was extremely short. Yeah. So Th- the, the good news did, they is. They needed to go away. Probably my
2: favorite TV show is Brett, a special report with Brett Baer. And that means he'll be doing a full show now. Mm. So that makes me really happy. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, audio that we ought to be playing, love this clip from the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, he's talking about uh, his relationship with Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman, uh, who was—he's uh, a, a freak—and and he was insisting on some sort of vacation from the head coach. And he went off to Las Vegas. And this clip, uh, seventeen, is about Michael Jordan uh, having to track him down in Las Vegas.
0: He didn't come back on time. We had to go get it out of bed. And I'm not going to say what's in his bed and where he was and blah blah blah. There's a knock on the door. It's Michael Jordan, and I hid. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want him to seem like that, so I, like, I'm just like hiding behind the couch with covers over me. Come on. You, we got to get to practice. Dennis came back and joined the team, and that's the way it went that year. So
2: that was uh, actress, porn curiosity, Carmen Electra? Was she, I guess she was star? in the Baywatch movie, wasn't she? She like, uh, soft Baywatch and Playmate,
0: babe. I believe. Yeah. Not, not porn,
2: though. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. Porn. I, I really consider audience? Playboy porn. That's I, pornography. Oh, jeez. But anyway, you know that one thing about that documentary, you heard it there, it's real big on the behind somebody talking they, for no like reason.
1: They've got the same music that they use in the, the JFK assassination documentaries, or Yeah,
2: yeah, somebody, and then I tell you what, we went out, we had some beers, a really good time, and behind it would be like weird (laughs) foreboding music. I don't quite get it. Uh, But uh, that's, yeah, I'm really enjoying that documentary. I'm finally in on it, but uh, you gotta be into the basketball, don't you? Or do you think there are enough soap opera elements in it, Positive Sean, to, sustain like a non-big basketball fan's interest
0: i think jordan's fame kind of transcended the not just sports fan aspect mm-hmm. of it and mm-hmm. there's enough of the kind of human personal drama and his relationships with pippin and jordan i think there's enough in there for everybody yeah okay cool jack you got any uh,
2: choices audio wise oh i'd
1: have to look at the sheet
2: y- yes yeah oh hey play me number two while jack's looking at the sheet and number two is well named
1: the practice of obviously being in a swimming pool, unfortunately we do know that there is some uh, fecal shedding uh, of the coronavirus, if I can go ahead and uh, share that. And so, as well as associated with pools, you would have locker rooms with which people would need to change, so you would have more people congregated in the same setting.
2: You know, even a little fecal shedding is too much.
1: Is that Shedding? Yes.
2: Yes. Hey, executive producer Hansen, did you purposely make that clip number two? Is that some sort of childish <laughs> that was something I did. Oh Michael, wow. Michael. Wow. Michael. Please. That is weak. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Listen, Jack, you, you come up you, you come up with something funny from SNL, but I wanna make this point the whole uh, unplugging thing uh, cutting the cord realizing all your favorite stuff is available without having a super expensive cable package you know how that took a while to catch on well a uh, word from our sponsor here uh, at simply safe at the Armstrong and Getty show simply safe is a home security system that you can install yourself that isn't like a weird freaky alternative it's the best alternative. US News and World Report named Simply Safe, best overall home security of twenty twenty.
1: You ordered online, you set it up yourself in under an hour. Easy. Your, your home it's is easy. your home is protected twenty four seven with emergency dispatch for break ins, fire more, what you want out of a security system. You don't pay outrageous monthly fees, you're not locked into a two year contract. This is just a much better way to have security at your home with Simply Safe.
2: Yeah. And we get a uh, free shipping deal for our listeners and a 60 day risk free trial. So just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to check it out. simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Remember the slash Armstrong thing. So they know that we sent you blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's a really a good system. I have it and it's, it's super easy to set up and a great value. Simply Safe is spelled S I M P L I with an I at the end. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: Let us know how you like it, too. I'd like oh, to hear yeah, that. Oh, please. Give us a
2: text. Um, uh, they got the doorbell alerts and everything people want these days.
1: How about uh, 11, Sean? I like that joke.
0: Psychologists are warning single people stuck at home to resist the urge to get in touch with their exes. Okay, but if I don't text my exes, how will they know I love them?
1: <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I watched that in bed last night, and I laughed out loud with my headphones on. Oh, that's good. <laughs> How will they know that I love them? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. And they oh, did one boy. of those things on Saturday Night Live where they make each other do a joke that's going to make them look bad. And oh uh,
0: yes, yes.
1: And this is how this one went.
0: NASA officials said that it's possible that the first human sent to Mars could be a woman. <laughs> so that when the male astronauts show up, dinner will be ready. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> well, that. That just undoes everything I've ever done. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that bit where they write each other jokes and they don't get to look at them in yeah, so, advance. So this one they were doing, I don't know if you've seen the 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 silly all in challenge thing. It's not silly, but uh celebrities are trying to auction off like dinner with me or go to a Go to a professional thing, right? The different experiences with the celebrities in an effort to raise money for China or for, I'm sorry, for COVID relief. They, they aren't raising money for China. Yeah, let's not do that. Communist, bunch um, oh, of communist Hollywood types. But the, uh, <laughs> so Colin Joe started up one of those things where whoever donates the most gets to write a joke for Michael Che. And so he was giving that as an example of, of what a joke might be like. Oh, nice. Nice. The
1: first woman going to Mars because when uh, the men get their dinner will be ready is the joke. Let's
2: see. We have that uh, official saying this is a black swan event. I don't want to hear the term black swan event again as long as I live. Mm. It's gone from unused to overused in the blink of an eye. Now, let's see. Let's do one more. Uh, How about something uh, relevant? Uh, Oh, gosh. Yeah. Let's do clip number 31, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin.
0: I think as we begin to reopen the economy in May and June, you're going to see the economy really bounce back in July, August, September. And we're, we are putting in an unprecedented amount of fiscal relief into
2: the economy. You're seeing trillions of dollars that's making its way into the economy. And I think this is going to have a significant impact.
1: I hope he's right. Yeah, no kidding. I hope he's right too. Uh, we have the very latest on the race to try to come up with a vaccine. How's it looking? Who's going to get it first? Have those details for you coming up.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. Tens of thousands of people were still allowed in from China. So it it, it wasn't as it is described as this great moment. There were Americans coming back or green card holders coming back, but there were tens of thousands. So if you're going to shut the door because you have an evaluation of of an epidemic, then shut the door.
1: Well, she actually arguing that we should have kept out U.S. citizens? Trump would have been killed in the media for that. And you have been imprisoning away. them in China.
2: Right. Yeah. Good policy. Why don't you argue for that? That's how desperate, you know, at the current, you know, it's the Democrats now. If there's a Democrat in the White House, the Republicans will do it. But that's how pathetically desperate Pelosi is to find a way to bludgeon the president. You're against letting American citizens back in? And a lot of them were quarantined and checked in the rest of it. No, we were supposed to keep them imprisoned in communist China. Yeah, good idea. Unbelievable. That Um, was Nancy on CNN yesterday. Oh, and Jake Tapper did not push back an iota on that ridiculous statement. Weak.
1: Look, Looking at a couple of headlines in USA Today today, hundreds of rural hospitals on life support just got no way to survive financially and may go away, and will they ever open back up again? Mm -hmm. One of the many stories that could come out of this whole thing, Uh, areas that just don't have hospitals anymore.
2: I was corresponding with a surgeon, and they had cut way, way, way back on their uh, orthopedic surgeries, and they're all now working really hard to figure out how they can do it again and keep people safe, and everybody's agreeing, look, the giant wave didn't come. Every single one of us is not employed in saving uh, COVID patient lives. We have more than enough beds. We need to do some business.
1: Uh, Also, this headline, team owners fall short on promises to workers. When sports shut down, management vowed to pay game day staff, but many are being overlooked and not getting paid. So, sounded good at the time. That The many tentacles of people that are being hurt by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And how is that gonna play out? And every single person, whether it's the flour industry we were talking about earlier, or farmers, or people who work for sports teams or whatever, they don't pay their rent, they don't buy a car, they don't go out to eat, etc. etc. Then the restaurant doesn't get as many much business, you know, just the way it compounds is absolutely amazing. And then this headline companies risk losses for the sake of a vaccine. In a series of breathtaking multi-billion dollar bets by vaccine makers, possible candidates to fight the new coronavirus are being prepared for production across the globe before it's even known whether any of them will work. It's one of the most dramatic examples of shortcuts and streamlining aimed at meeting what many experts consider unrealistic target dates for a vaccine. As Dr. Fauci has been saying for quite a while, the virus may be ready in 12 to 18 months. The vaccine, yeah. What did I say? The virus. The virus. Uh, The virus is ready ready
2: now. (laughs) The virus
1: is currently ready. (laughs) Yes. The vaccine may not be ready for a year, year and a half, but they're saying that that's completely unrealistic, uh, making it happen that way. And the sort of shortcuts that we're going to have to take to get it um, uh, to come up with one, get it approved, and then get it out to people Mm -hmm. would just be extraordinary.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a slow business manufacturing it, too. So, yeah. I, I haven't even spent a lot of time picturing when all this crap is over. Just because, you know, we're, it's a longish all.
1: Yeah, we don't have any idea what it's all going to look like. And yeah. then finally this, which we'll spend more time on tomorrow. But it's exciting to think about
2: when you do permit it. Ball games and, and not worrying and the economy humming along.
1: Boy, it'd be a long time before I'm in a big crowd. I mean, things will have to be super settled down and known. Well, if before there are vaccines,
2: you've been vaccinated, and they say on the oh, one yeah, in a million chance you get it, you just get to, you take this stuff, you'll be fine.
1: Oh, that'd be fine Yeah, if, if we get to there. But, geez, how long f- before we're there? Two years? Who knows? Could be. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. Article about college campuses must reopen in the fall. If they can't come back to campus, some students may choose or be forced by circumstances to forego starting college or d- delay completing their degrees. Um, This loss, only part of which might be recouped through online courses, would be catastrophic, especially for the many institutions that were in precarious financial pos- positions before the pandemic. It's not a question of whether institutions will be forced to permanent clo- permanently close. It's how many. This op-ed piece arguing that a whole bunch of universities are going to close down for good. Well, let's I find guess. ways to
2: make modern higher education more efficient. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't want the show to be over, but-
1: Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody
2: on the crew to wrap things up. There he is. He presses buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michael, a final thought? Yeah, my final thought is this Friday is May 1st, and I think
0: that's going to be a day where I start to really see a lot more people out. I could see a lot of people saying, I'll sit inside till May, but that's it. Uh, how about you, Positive Sean? A final thought for the good folks? Yeah, I found myself on a seven-mile hike uh, yesterday. Seven miles, really? Uh, yeah, it's about three and a half up, three and a half back. You wow. know, you do the math. And uh, <laughs> and yet yeah, my hip flexors—they're burning. I've been googling hip flexor stretches all day. I got to go do some of that when I get home. What kind of footwear did you go with? Uh, just running shoes. I don't have hiking shoes. Another uh, something I got to remedy if I want to do more of this. Yeah. Did you carry yeah. a backpack of any sort? Uh, I did not, but my friend did. We uh, had the supplies. There you in go. There. Have a mule, <laughs> quote unquote, supplies. <laughs> it was uh-uh. beer. That was the supply. <laughs> Jack, uh, uh,
1: final thought for us? Yeah, I do think um, um, May first this weekend is going to be a big deal. Um, this second round of not making your mortgage payment or your or your rent payment or all that sort of stuff is going to be huge and and compound quickly and ex- exponentially, and we're really going to see the whining begin. I shouldn't call it whining. It's legitimate whining.
2: Yeah, it's it's an expression of discontent. Uh, Which brings me to my final thought, which I expressed earlier, that you have to embrace a little ambivalence. Both things are true. This is a really scary, weird, nasty disease that's easily spread. Not many people get the severe case, but those that do, it's a tragedy. And, and... We need to find ways to get the economy going again and let people do their jobs. Both are true.
1: Yeah, I don't mean whining. I mean justified complaining, justified, hey, let's talk about the economy a little bit. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Armstrong and Getty, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a great extra large podcast with Neil Ferguson there for you. Cool. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Injecting, ingesting, snorting household cleaners is dangerous. Armstrong
2: and Getty.